Welcome to the Purposeful Fitness with Coach Ola, where I dive in deeper into holistic health and fitness topics that will help you stay inspired, motivated, and dedicated to living a purposeful fit life while pursuing for the Akhirah. Hey, welcome to the 20th episode with Coach Ola. Today we have Idil Farah, who is a registered nutritionist and a health educator with bachelor's in food and nutrition. She has over 10 years of experience working with clients in both a clinical and community setting. She is currently running her own multifaceted nutrition practice, Idlis World. Alongside her practice, she also works in a community healthcare setting where she teaches both preventive health and prenatal health classes. Fundamental to Idlis practice is an integrative approach to health that is a unique blend of science, experience, both professional and personal. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the importance and how fasting can help our physical health, mental health, and spiritual health. We're going to talk about how we can have healthy suhoor that will help us maintain energy throughout the day and how to eat in the morning if we are struggling with it. We're going to talk about how to control ourselves when it comes to iftar dinners and much more. Let's welcome Idil. Hey, Salaamu Alaikum, Idil. How are you today? Wa Alaikum Salaam. How are you, Ola? Alhamdulillah. We finally made it. (laughs) We did. Alhamdulillah. All in good time. This podcast was meant to happen today. So I'm grateful to be on and Alhamdulillah, like blessed to be celebrating the month of Ramadan, to be blessed enough to make it for another month we are among the lucky inshallah yeah may allah help us benefit all throughout the year and especially through this month Amen. so it'll tell me about yourself and what you're currently doing besides what i just mentioned like any more details <laughs> your story yeah. yes for me personally i am currently what i'm doing is i do client work as well as uh, work in the community, like you said, but um, my one-on-one practice works with clients, meeting them where they are. So we focus on their nutritional goals and their health goals. I believe that, you know, you can't change someone from zero, take them from from zero to 100 in a day. It's a gradual process. Lifestyle change takes time. So we focus on meeting them where they are and making these changes gradually. In my community work, I do prenatal health classes. I do diabetes education. I do in-school workshops. So teaching kids and parents how to make healthy meals that are, you know, that taste great, but also that tips and tricks, ways that they can do it because they're mostly pressed for time. That's awesome. And how did you get into nutrition and how did you specialize really into it? Because I was reading your story on your website and it, it's very interesting. I would like to hear more about it, if you can share. So I've been, now it's been over 10 years. So I went to school for food and nutrition and then did the four years of my bachelor's degree and then an internship. But once, while I was working for for community health, I, you know, enjoyed working, doing my work and teaching and like working one-on-one with people. But nutrition really didn't come into focus and it didn't become personal until I started getting, not feeling well. I started, you know, it started with the simple 
feeling bloated and just indigestion to progressing to something that was really severe. I had leaky gut, which is, you know, when the lining of your mucosal uh, lining of your uh, gut, it actually like deteriorates and it causes a lot of inflammation. It took me a long time for my doctors to explain what was happening. I pursued the medical route, even though I was trying to do everything I could in the background, eating clean, eating really healthy. I was almost like I wasn't having hardly any meat. I was vegetarian. I was trying to do my best to figure out what was causing this. So uh, fast forward two to three years, it took me for my doctor to say, okay, you have IBS. And IBS is irritable bowel syndrome. It's an umbrella of Uh, that covers a a host of digestive issues. But the thing that really struck me was what my doctor said that day. He said, you know, really, we're going to give you medication to manage this. But the thing that you could do that would really make all the difference is change your diet. But we don't tell patients this because it's too severe. I did not, that to me was like perplexing because I'm like, so you would rather give me medication than tell me to change how I ate? you know, it was, it was difficult to understand because A, he knew I was a nutritionist and B, for me, I think, you know, medication is a bandaid, right? And so the the actual thing that could make the significant change was the diet portion and that wasn't being offered so readily. So I went home and the, the diet that he the changes that were prescribed were pretty severe. I actually had to like do my own research and it's called FODMAP and it's like eliminating any foods that draw uh, fluids into your stomach. So I had to eliminate any fruits or vegetables with a pit, any things like garlic, onion, a lot of grain. It was very, very strict elimination diet. So Ramadan was on the horizon and I decided, okay, it's Ramadan. I'm going to do this and I'm going to try to focus on just eating foods that are gentle to my digestion. And I'm going to do an, I start an Instagram account to hold myself accountable. So really that entire process in the 30 days of fasting and eating mostly um, soups and stews and things like smoothies and, you know, really like very, very gentle food changed how I felt. I, I was losing a lot of hair. I had foggy brain. I had, you know, diarrhea, like really all the time. And it was just I felt horrible all the time. I was in pain. My entire body was in inflammation. And that 30 days, I could, subhanAllah, like just the, 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 the way the person that went in that fast and the person that came out of it and the way it changed my entire practice, it has ever since my goal in life has been letting people know that food really is your medicine and doing the research to back it up. And not just that, but also like looking at, you know, allowing people, you know, to be skeptical of this and showing them by showing how, you know, when they change their diet, like actually in real 
life practice. I'm, I'm not sure I'm saying this early, right? But what I'm really trying to convey is, you know, it's one thing to tell somebody, you know, if you change your diet, you're going to feel this way. But it's another thing to show them and to see the change happen for them. So for me, that has been my the focus of my practice. The focus of all my social media outlets is making sure that people understood, really, your pharmacy is your kitchen. Don't allow a doctor to tell you how to manage your conditions or how you feel you're you should be your own advocate that you should always get a second opinion until you feel it in your gut that what you're doing is right for you literally continue the search because this is your body it's your home and you're going to be asked Allah will like judge you on that how you've treated your body so Idil you brought really great points and I took some notes actually so key word that you mentioned is to change your diet and key number two which is a little bit controversial but it's important to talk about which is to do not let the doctor tell you how to manage your life because unfortunately to be to speak the reality healthcare is kind of like a business as well and they're trying to sell you you know to get on the medications and it's a hot debate and it can be really uh sensitive but it's also important to really do the research for that purpose. And you mentioned a gut elimination, or what was the keyword that you said? You went on a. It's called a FODMAP diet, and it's basically it's an elimination diet, right? So when you have a digestive issue, you want to make sure that you're eliminating anything, any irritants. So removing things like gluten, dairy, and for this particular diet, it is foods that are drawing water into your stomach. So that cause like the food to ferment and not to be digested. So when you eliminate those foods, it allows your digestion to rest and to heal and repair. So for a lot of people with digestive issues, the number one thing that's suggested is to cut foods that are irritating them and then to wait maybe like for between three weeks to six weeks and then bring it back in and see how they feel. It's called fog diet? No, F-O-D-A-M. Oh, F-O-D-A-M. I have not heard. I'm going to look it up. It's so interesting. FODAM diet, right? So, so F-O-D-A, so, sorry, F-O-D-M-A-P. So FOD, so, and oh, then map. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's sorry, so interesting. My, no, no, I'm yeah. going to have in the show notes everyone so you guys can go back and listen to it but that's interesting and thank you for sharing about that episode is being recorded the last friday before ramadan shaban and the episode will come out during ramadan how is fasting really helpful for the mind body and soul so ramadan is a month an incredible month of self-regulation self-training it's a spiritual month it's a month of ibadah and discipline and sacrifice but it's a great opportunity for our bodies to gain enormous health benefit. There's a hadith that's uh, narrated by Abu Naim that the Prophet says, which can translate to fast and be healthy. Ramadan, during a fast, di- you know, digestion takes a lot of energy and our body draws from all its resources to digest our food. And if we think about on a regular day, you know, we don't go, you know, three hours without eating. We're constantly eating. So our digestion is constantly at work. But during a fast, 
after the first eight hours of digesting the food, our digestion takes a break and the healing starts. And so our stomachs are empty. Our, dig- our digestive system really gets an opportunity to heal, to repair. And then that then goes into our entire body. There is a process that is called autophagy that explains this really, really well. So after the eight hours of using the glucose to digest for energy, our body turns into our fat stores. And our fat stores actually is where all the toxins are stored in our body. So our body can protect us from these toxins. So once we start using fat as fuel, these toxins are then released and they are then processed through the body and eliminated. So that is number one, an amazing thing that happens for us. Then what happens is cell repair is at work during this time as well. The cell, they sort of metabolize all the parts that are not working and subhanAllah, then use this metabolized energy to create new parts for and use those parts as like they regenerate themselves practically. And then that when that happens, that's also an incredible thing for our body. Like when I tell you, this is like detox on a whole other level, which is why intermittent fasting now is such a huge thing for a lot of people. But we get that mandatory once a year, we stop and literally focus our entire energy on this healing process. So for a lot of people who have neurodegenerative diseases like dementia and Parkinson's, something happens where the brain actually, the buildup of toxins is metabolized and processed and eliminated from the body. So that gives our brain healing time. For people who have high cholesterol, Cholesterol is eliminated and metabolized, and so the cholesterol levels improve. Our blood sugar, our blood sugar for people who have their blood sugar, uh, diabetes, you know, this is time for insulin. We become, you know, less insulin resistant because we're metabolizing the fat, the fat stores, and using fat as fuel. And we are also like improving you know, hopefully if we're not feasting afterwards and we're using a fast as a benefit, it really helps us completely manage chronic conditions, health conditions, heal, just be better as than when we went into the fast. SubhanAllah, yeah, because everyone is jumping on the intermittent fasting now and it's amazing. But can you explain to me further, because I need to learn more about it as well. Can you drink water with intermittent fasting or no? Yes, you can drink water with intermittent fasting. But with so, Ramadan, we can't. And that's the tricky part because it's because when you're hungry and you drink water, you're less hungry. But when you're completely fasting, there's no water, there's no food, it gets a lot harder. So that's just because I'm like, I'm starving right now I'm like, in my stomach, but I'm like, I can drink water. <laughs> so, right. yeah, but it's interesting how, subhanAllah, like, you know, as you're saying, fasting is really helpful for the entire body. In and out. So when it comes to detoxing, when you hear people say, oh, I'm going to go on detox during Ramadan and all that, how do you personally feel? So, What's your opinion about it as well? So this is a natural detox anyways. So I just want to explain this. So each time we eat, the body must secrete these digestive enzymes to break down the food and move the nutrients into the bloodstream for distribution throughout the body, right? Then the digestive tract, the liver, the kidneys, the organs must work to remove the waste products for normal cellular metabolisms and toxins from the body. 
all of these functions require a substantial amount of energy, right? So energy that might like otherwise be going to healing. Now, when you're fasting, the body's no longer busy. It's like literally stop digesting food. You know, you've eaten your iftar, you've eaten your suhoor. Eight hours, your body's using that, the glucose and the glycogens that stored in the, the liver, like it's using that for energy. Then when that's over, you know, your fasting body is detoxing. It's repairing. It's repairing the cells, the cells, the tissues, the organs, abnormal cells. You know, I mean, tumors are being like eliminated. Again, like the toxins and natural metabolic waste, all of these things, you know, are the first things that are taken care of, right? So it's great opportunity our body is getting to detox naturally it's doing everything it needs so you don't have to deprive it further of nutrients right because all of this takes energy right so during the time you're eating you really have to concentrate on eating nutrient dense food and eating foods that are fueling this healing process because obviously it's hard work so for what for a lot of people who go into detox what we when we think detox we think elimination, deprivation. Ramadan is time for maintenance. It's time to focus on quality of food you're eating. Eat foods that are gentle to your body. Your, during a fast, your digestion has been sleeping. You don't want to wake it up with cold water. You don't want to wake it up with foods that are fried, that it has to work super hard to digest. You know, it's, you don't, you want to make sure that you have things starting off with things warm water stews soups that are packed with vegetables making sure that these when the vegetables are cooked that way they they still retain the nutrients in the broth and you're getting all of that and your body it doesn't really have to work super hard to digest that because the part of the work is done also true 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 please your stomach doesn't have teeth Yes. Chew your food because there's there's digestive enzymes that are released in your mouth that tell your brain food is coming and it, it literally starts the process going. So that whole thing, we, we shove food in our mouths and then we run to go pray. And it's really hard to, then we feel like not really that well because we've not given our digestion like any help. We didn't really chew our food. We, we rush through the process. We Most of the time we eat a lot of rich foods. So our digestion went from like, oh my goodness, I'm healing. I'm amazing. This is great. To like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Yeah, subhanAllah. And that's a great segue to talk about what kind of suhoor we should aim for that will help us maintain our energy throughout the day then. What's your suggestion? So for me, so... The Rasul says, nothing is worse than a person who fills his stomach. It should be enough for the son of Adam to have few bites to satisfy his hunger. If he wishes more, it should be one third of his food, one, th- one third for food, one third for liquids and one third for his breath. Right. Yep. Um, this is Hadith Sahih. We've all heard it before. You know, when we're eating, making sure that for suhoor, you're ready to go on on this journey of healing. You want to make sure that you're picking what uh, foods that are balanced, right? That have some protein, some complex carbs that don't like that. And when I say complex carbs, not all carbs are made equal. So there's simple sugars, like things like cereals and things that like give us quick energy burst. And then 
we're left hungry and like moody afterwards, right? But there is foods that heal the body and give you tons of energy and it's slow release, right? So I'm talking about, you know, basically like something I would have an oatmeal or I would have a smoothie. I would have, if you are able, I'm not the person who eats in the morning and can go back to bed. So for me, when I have oatmeal, I put things like hemp hearts, which are high in protein, like basically it's a complete protein. I add flaxseed for healthy fat. I add what else? Chia seeds. I add some fruits. I add like maybe a little bit of maple syrup, but like, or I eat quinoa porridge. I eat things like fool in the morning because it, and we're familiar. These are foods that are familiar, but like eating grains or eating when you're having a smoothie, making sure you're packing it with tons of vegetables, making sure that you're adding your flax, you're adding your hemp, you're adding your chia seed, you're adding like, if you want peanut butter or almond butter or something, because this is going to sustain you for a long time. Right. So things like that, I find, or, you know, omelets or that are packed with tons of vegetables. I like those egg quiches that you can have. You basically take the eggs, you so you put them in egg muffins and in muffin tins, and then you just add the vegetables. You could add tomatoes, kale, whatever. Like, but it's bite-sized food that is packed with tons of stuff, tons of nutrients. And I I think vegetables are your greatest bang for your buck. And in terms of nutrients, in terms of quality of calories in terms of energy wise healing properties minerals they bring so much with it so anytime you're eating sahur even if you're having these egg bites make sure you have a smoothie with it and that makes it a, a complete meal yeah it's so true and for people that could be like me and i've had questions being asked when someone struggles to wake up for sahur or barely on time how can they prepare and if they don't eat as much in the morning like how can they work around that because as we know it's from the sunnah to have suhoor and it's highly recommended but it's a struggle for a lot of people so okay just to add to what i just said if we're in your mind when you're making suhoor you want to make sure that you have a veggie a whole grain a protein some form of protein and some form of a healthy fat right and we've just discussed how that could be put together okay i it's hard to wake up from your sleep and eat and then go back to bed and still function during our your day. Like our life doesn't stop during Ramadan. But what's really, really important is making sure that you take that experience at like and use, like plan ahead, meal prep. There's nothing, like I make these breakfast cookies that literally all they have is, I use banana as a sweetener. So I make them ahead. They go in my freezer or my fridge, I make sure I pop I pop two of them in the, uh, like either in the microwave if they're frozen. And then, you know, I make myself a smoothie and I eat that real quick and I'm back to bed. So this cookie that I'm talking about literally has some oatmeal. It has, I put almond butter. I put a ton of seeds. I put hemp hearts. I put flaxseed. I put chia seed. And it's like literally oatmeal on the go. But you want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success by having things that are easy to make in the fridge like your smoothie pouches make them ahead put them in like the freezer and the night before like before you go to bed make your smoothie so all you have to do is like use a spoon to mix it up and just drink that and go back to bed 
or nice. making sure you have your smoothie next to your bed. Do whatever you have to do. If if you think you can't make it out of bed, Suhul should be on a tray next to your bed and just wake up, eat that and go back to bed. I know it isn't the best thing, but we have to be honest with ourselves and do like strategize in a way that actually works for us. What works for me is not going to work for you, but we you got to make it so that you're successful. Right. So if it means putting the train next to you, then put the train next to you. But then how do you keep the smoothie fresh next to you? That's the question. Right. Put a lot of ice. Honestly, sometimes we nitpick about like the smoothie is not going to be perfect, but it's going to be few. Right. The the, the oatmeal is going to be cold, but it's going to be few. These cookies are really great. I'm, I'm going to put this recipe up, but like it's a great opportunity for you to like have these Little, little things like you have to bite size food that is next to you or like somebody brings you or one day I'm going to get up next day, your spouse or your kid is going to like designate days for everybody to be bringing Sahur to the other people. So that way everybody gets a full, you know, a day where they rest. And so, but strategize, right? In, in my ebook, my Ramadan ebook, I made sure I included tons of strategies for people so that they're able to make these decisions and ahead of Ramadan and during Ramadan so they can focus on the ibadah instead of just focusing on something like, you know, being in the kitchen all the time or worrying, oh my God, I didn't eat to her, now I'm starving and I'm going to eat whatever is in front of me during iftar. So that's so true because smoothies are helpful. However, before I used to do a lot of like sugary, fruity. But this year I'm going to try my best. I know, I know, but I'm going to try to do the veggie ones. But because I did it overnight, it wasn't that fresh. That's why I was asking you on how to keep it fresh if you do it in advance. Right. So for me, what I do is I put it in a bottle that I can shake because you want to emulsify it, right? You want to bring it together what the blender does it makes it smooth one time right so the thing is it's not going to be as perfect as when you made it the first time but put it in like not a water bottle but like one of those cups with a lid and then Mm -hmm. shake it so you're able or or a jar you know a glass basin jar and shake it so that you're doing the emulsification and you're bringing all the ingredients back together and it's a bit smoother and it's not broken down but what happens with the smoothie is for me i like to pack it with flavor right so a lot of the times people when they put a ton of vegetables they forget that you have to build flavor in your smoothie so if you put berries and like let's say berry spinach i make the smoothie that i add a little bit of something else sometimes it's almond butter to sort of like add a creaminess or avocado because you need these healthy fats to function right a lot of people are afraid of fats but quality fats are really important for your brain health, for your body's health, and they give you lasting energy, especially during Ramadan. So make sure that you're adding things and then, you know, things that you love. Like, don't be afraid of, for me, there are times when I put a little spice in my, like, cinnamon, add, if you're making a creamier almond butter, flaxseed, avocado, not, not avocado, spinach, you can't even taste the spinach. It literally tastes like a peanut butter smoothie or whatever but it's so good you just got to think of ways to add which is why i believe in recipe developing because i want people to have like recipes that they enjoy food for me is about enjoyment it doesn't matter healthy should taste great if anybody tells you otherwise don't believe them so that's so true you know Catherine and i talked about smoothies and she suggested simple green smoothies on instagram 
with amazing recipes. So I'm going to try my best to also try that out. But thank you for your tips and the reminders about what to include in the smoothies and spice it up. That's interesting. I haven't heard that I yet. Wanna, <laughs> I want to give you a quick... Uh, sm- okay, so beet, right? A lot of people are afraid of beet. Yes. But beets <laughs> are really high in iron, right? And if you get the frozen beet at the 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 grocery store they're frozen right when they're fresh and you you add a mango right mm-hmm. dates are really good you can add almond butter because it takes away from that earthiness of the you know the the beet so you ca- you kind of balance that and then put spinach and whatever flu- liquid you like and that's a really good smoothie i mean it doesn't sound like it would taste that great but it really does Dishes are important. Uh, chia puddings are important. Chia pudding really helps draw all the toxins out of that. It's the little like, you know, it gets tapioca like and it literally like draws everything towards it. That little like when 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 it becomes that when it picks up the fluid and it helps move things along in your body. So anybody who's suffering from constipation, please have some chia seeds in water and your life will be changed allow the chia seeds to sit for 20 minutes and then drink that and then do that every night after iftar before like after tarawih you will see a huge difference in your digestion inshallah so then that's i believe i tried i think it's flax seed that i have at home and Mm -hmm. someone also told me about them and they, they did actually create a little bit of constipation slash inflammation so what are you yeah. So what are your thoughts about it? For me, flax seeds are really great healthy fat. They're brain food. Like, so you don't have to put too much. For people who don't enjoy flaxseed, I would use a, a t- anywhere from a teaspoon to a tablespoon. You need to ground it. When you grind it up yourself in your spice grinder, just put it in glass jar in a dark space in your fridge because it's a fat. So it goes rancid right so you want to make sure you're protecting that i've never had anybody who's experienced difficulties with it but if it's not working for you i would completely remove it and see how you feel and then use other form of fats there's avocado there's hemp oil there is you know you could add you could add black seed you know happen so that like the mm-hmm. uh, nigella seed black seed they you could add it this is actually a great place to add it Smoothies are great because it hides the taste because the taste is not always pleasant, right? So, but that oil does, has incredible, amazing benefits as we all know, right? And it's a sooner, it's a sooner food. So add it to your smoothies and it's a, again, replaces the flaxseed. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. That's why I eliminate it. But that's a great tip. Thank you so much for sharing. So then how do you over eliminate overeating during Ramadan? So how do we prevent overeating during Ramadan? For me, there's three simple things, right? One is making sure I start with warm water or room temp water because I want to wake up my digestion gently. I want to start the digestion process and, you know, because you got to and add a little bit of lemon in your water because it will help you wake up your liver and your digestion and alkalize and all of that good stuff. But number two, I dates are amazing super like packed with everything that you need that's why it's a sunnah food because a it has potassium which is electrolytes 
It has simple sugars, which gives you quick energy. It's hydrating. It's an incredible, incredible fruit that really is like, subhanAllah, like I, when I think about our deen and I think about all the ways it's a holistic religion, it's a, it, it covers everything. Everything has a purpose and a meaning. And so, but, and I know a lot of people say because it's a Sunnah food, they could have it as much as they can, as much as they want. And it, because when they're fasting, they've been fasting. So now they can have as many dates as they like, but dates are really high in sugar. So, and you, you shouldn't have more than three maximum. That's at like, if you can have one stop and stop there because that's all you need because there's more food available. There's no scarcity here. And then move on to the soup. Soups are such nourishing, amazing, like foods. It's a plate that is packed with fruits. You could put protein. It's warm. It's incredible. And when you have that first before the fried food, you're not going to be as hungry. So when you go and reach out to have some dessert or fried food, you're already full. You've had water, you had date, you had soup. This is then this is the way you could do portion control for me. You know, so I actually found out like recently, a few years ago, that the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu uh, used to used to break his fast with a date and milk, not just water, mm. like milk. Cause pro- mm. And I've been trying that. It's very interesting. And then also with soups, we have kubba at home and the whole samosa and all that stuff. So mm. we usually have soup with kubba or samosa. And so you, you're also a fan of that, that it's okay to have one, like one or two or maximum three. <laughs> of the, re, so if you have the soup, right, first, fully have the soup. Finish your soup. You're no, only we had it together. Like that's the problem. We had like it, it's like a traditional Syrian dish that comes together, like, especially with um short ladas, like yeah, lentil soup. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a traditional to have it with kube. Like you cannot have it separate. So do you put the kube in? It's it's inside already, or you no, sort of we, break it in? So like for example, I know you're not supposed to eat with the left hand, but I'm just saying for example, <laughs> your yeah. right hand is the soup. Um, the spoon with the soup and then your left hand is the kubba so you can like eat it in the right hand so you bite like like, like sort it's of together like, yeah it's just like no, but the kubba is the protein even though it's fried right y- yeah it's, it's not that bad it depends on how you cook it obviously but i'm just saying that with the so, soup, usually there are people who have it alongside with the appetizer right we also serve the same so maybe it's not kubeh, but like it's also like samosas. So mm-hmm. you have the samosas available. So usually most people, what they do, they have the samosas first and then whatever else, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, if you're going to have the kubeh, like just have more of the soup first. Right. And and like, you know, because what the soup does, it gives you nutrients and it fills you up with really nutrient-dense fuel. And then here you are, you're still enjoying by creating moderation, you're enjoying the kippah, but you're not going to be overeating it. Because I guarantee you, if you had a choice between the kippah or the soup, you would have the kippah. Like it's so much, anything fried tastes that right. much better. Yeah. So you got to preempt that by saying to yourself, I mean, it, you have to have, you have to go into it with a plan and a system. We're going to start this way. And then I'm going to have a bite of this so I don't feel deprived. Deprivation is not the answer because as soon as something is like, I, you can't have this, all you want to do is have that thing. So don't create this list of like bad and good foods because the bad foods are going to stay on your mind. It's like literally like a 
challenge to your brain. Like, oh, I can't have this. And now it's all I can think about. What you want to do is just say to yourself, I'm going to have this, but I'll have it later. Let me just have this first. Yes, preach it. Girl, deprivation <laughs> is not the answer because it's so true. And that's what led me with my eating disorders in the past is deprivation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I cannot eat this. Oh, my gosh. And it's a whole mindset shift. So I like what you say to start off with the soup first and then let allow yourself to enjoy the bite of the samosa, what have you, and then continue on with your iftar. <laughs> yes, it really is water, date, soup, and then whatever else is available. By then, it's already prayer time. By then, you've already filled yourself up. By then, you'll notice. And then when you start feeling better, you're not. Get, it's not going to be such something that you have to think so hard about. You know what I mean? I would add to this, make sure that you pack a snack to go to the masjid for taraweeh. Don't leave your house without that snack because there's stuff available at the masjid that you that are not really the best options. Right. And so it's not something that you should, like if you have your own snack available, you're going to turn to that first. And that is going to be packed with nutrients. And then whether it's fruit or it, you take your, you know, like uh, some granola or trail mix, or whether you take, you know, a, a yogurt with, you know, whatever it is that we're packing that day, we just take that with us. I like these energy balls that I pack. They they taste good. They feel like dessert, but they're also like giving me tons of energy. They're protein packed. And then you, you pray, you're hungry, you have some Thing. And then if somebody offers you, you might take one, but you're not going to have like 10, you know? So <laughs> the goal is balance, balance, balance. Love it. And inshallah, our masajids will become more and more healthier as we continue living our life. <laughs> right. Because it's, it's so true. You know, like it, you hear all all over the place, like, oh, this must only serves this much. And then the food runs out really fast and this and that. And so inshallah, you know, we're on the right track by having you, for example, on and and so forth. So then, what any final tips, recommendations, anything I should have asked that I didn't ask that you would like to mention? Right. I, okay. So, few things I would like to mention meal plan. Meal planning doesn't mean staying in the kitchen an entire day to make a ton of, a ton of different things. Make your broth, your broth, your base for your soup. Make it ahead, put it in the freezer make that available to you. So that way, when you need a quick soup or when you have guests, you don't have to slave away in the kitchen and then you don't have energy to do any of your ibadah. Make sure that you cut up like things like onions and like peppers and all of these vegetables ahead of time and put it in your fridge. Put them in Ziploc bags because they take less space. Put that in your fridge so that way you need to make something quick, you already have done half the work. So you're not, again, in the kitchen all your time. Make sure you're listening to podcasts when you're in, when you're doing your cooking. Make sure that in your cars, there's lectures, things that are nourishing you spiritually and make sure that you're taking your snacks. Cucumber and hummus, dips in like vegetables are great, great examples of beautiful snacks to take with you to the masjid. Offer it to other people because you can change how they feel about their snacks as well. Take your snacks to your masjid because you can change how somebody likes snacks as well, right? You can offer them a new way of seeing what snacks looks like. I, like I said, I love cucumber and like carrots and little things like that and dips. I do a 
bean dip or hummus or you know like there's so many options brownie like i do these brownie protein bars that i've included in the book there is stuffed dates things like that that are like you know bringing protein and with your snacks i want to make sure that i mention also when you have your iftar have it like it's a starter it's not like a full meal right and then you take a snack to the masjid and when you come back have like the dinner portion don't include them all at once because your stomach needs to digest things in like you got to give it small little things so it can digest don't allow yourself don't don't do this whole like one sit down big meal because your body can't handle that it's like you know if you were to fill a bucket you know and i i don't even know how to explain it and it had a small hole like it, it takes time to empty that bucket right so just put a little bit at a time in your stomach to to improve your digestion process and this will give you great energy and you will feel so much better hydrate please you know flavor your water make sure you put cheese seeds in there lemon i put rosemary sometimes i put mint i put fruits make sure your water tastes as good as you can so that way you're you're getting the best you're reaching for water instead of any other thing herbal teas because they're not dehydrating try to stay away from coffee because it will really prevent you from sleeping and you need the rest and you already have limited amounts of sleep hours that's great and i love how you mentioned the digestion part because it is so true we don't want to eat all at once and that brings the whole aspect of snacking so even if you don't go to the masjid because i don't really go to the masjid that much myself even at home you know if you're going to pray at home, tarawih, what have you, you can snack in between your prayers, you know, the sit of uh, rakas mm. you're doing. So yes. I just want to emphasize that because oftentimes we think, oh, masjid, but there's so many, there are many people out there, including myself, who either have limited access to the masjid for whatever reasons. So emphasize the importance that you can still do it at home and inshallah or at work if you are a nighttime shift working. And um, so it's, yeah. Sorry. One other thing I want to mention: when you're going grocery shopping, please take a list. Do not yes. go because you're going to be fasting and you're already hungry, so you're going to pick up everything in those aisles that you shouldn't. So make sure you have a plan. Go to the store, knowing exactly what's in your fridge, what you have, and then take that with you. The list really makes a huge difference in how you shop. Okay. Yes. So you can listen to the episode episode with Catherine because she also shared amazing tips on how to meal plan and prep. So she has a mom. So Idil, would you please tell us where can we get your book and how can we stay in contact with you? Okay, so the book you can get, it's called Ramadan, Ramadan for us, because that's really where it is. You can, so you can find it on my website. You can find it on my Instagram. There's a link in my bio. Please check it out. I really, this is really important. It changed, Ramadan changed my life and I really not, in more than more in more ways than one, I should say, but it really in health from the health perspective, which is what we're talking about today, is really really important to to really get the best and the most out of your fast. So that's why I wrote that guide or program. And you could reach me on idlesworld.com. My email is nutrition at idlesworld.com. My Instagram is idlesworld. Twitter idlesworld. Facebook, it's the same. You can find me under under Idil Farah. So I-D-I-L, last name F-A-R-A-H. Inshallah. And before we leave, you can tell us about your Ramadan ebook because I know you collaborated with 
another person it's really nice to see you guys come together so what is actually inside your ebook it's not just the nutrition meal plan i know it comes with more no, than that it's a full program because once one of the things we found for most people and being a mom and being someone who works and who has a business it life doesn't stop because you're fasting and it's ramadan and you the challenge is finding the balance and finding you know not leaving ramadan feeling like you could have done more because this is this we are blessed and lucky we've won the lottery to have made it another year so for me it was really important for all the moms all the people out there who don't have who needed strategies methods ways tips to to improve their productivity to improve their you know we've addressed everything from lonely mom syndrome to like just being alone by yourself during ramadan you know ways to like manage your time how to fit in ibadahs what are the best books out there reading list for for kids for adults podcasts worksheets goal setting all of that and then the nutrition part which is you know meal planning tips there is 28 recipes book in there there's that includes seven different basically your sahur your snack your dinner your iftar also like i included a shopping guide a menu like a full menu seven day meal planning menu like tells you exactly what to eat for those people who need a little more guidance and then once that you could plan for yourselves coloring for kids and adults for relax taxation and just for like basically activities to do with your kids because you want your kids to be a part of this but this was entire like a a guide that was meant to make ramadan manageable to make you feel like you've left ramadan better than you came into it right because that's the whole point for all of us to be to to leave ramadan enriched physically mentally spiritually all the way around and so i love that and Everything will be in the show notes. You guys go follow her on Instagram. She's amazing stories and feet as well. Thank you so much, Ella. This was so much fun, and I wish you and your family a blessed Ramadan. And may Allah make this Ramadan really successful and blessing for all of us. Amin. Amin. Yeah, Allah. I want to say thank you, Ella, for having me. I really appreciate coming on and connecting with your audience. And I'm praying that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala makes this Ramadan your best Ramadan yet. May Allah like. answer your du'as and rain his blessings on you and you know i look forward to connecting with everyone who reaches out text me email me and i look forward to hearing from you i mean inshallah thank you and have a wonderful day you too take care alaikum walaikum assalam thank you for tuning in if you enjoyed this episode make sure to subscribe today and leave a five star review you can also screenshot and share this episode with a family or a friend be strong be fit be fit for akhirah <laughs>